Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Our guests have spent over 20 years working in sports through NASCAR and on the agency side of the business to now building something special in Europe's leading the effort to empower economic opportunity for influencers, student athletes, and sports organizations. Today, we welcome C. Brett Harrell to the program. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, of course, great to have you here and uh, you know, excited to have this conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where you're from originally growing up? Sure, sure. Uh, Ormond Beach, small town just north of Daytona Beach in Florida. It's a great place to grow up. There's water blue skies, and a nearly endless summer. So sports uh, were a priority as a, as a child, of course. And yeah, early on, um, you know, where were you first introduced, whether it was playing, watching, where did sports first come to life? Uh, you know, my first memory was very, very young, like preschool age. Uh, and it was a team, a multi-age group YMCA soccer team. And I wouldn't recommend that for starting your kid out with because you kind of get beat up by the older kids. But uh, I remember we had green shirts and I had some good times and it started from there. And, you know, it's gone everywhere since. You know, and you went to Appalachian State, played some soccer right in the late in the, in the mid to late 90s, you mm-hmm. know, coming out of Appalachian State or maybe even the later part of college. What did your first opportunities look like working in the business? Yeah, you know, when I first zeroed in on uh, sports as a career, um, I needed to build experience in that because I came from a classical studies background in college. Uh, So I focused on internships and networking and really getting out and and kind of meeting people. So, you know, a a minor league indoor soccer team, kind of a small out of the way internship turned into a internship with RDV Sports out of Orlando. And they're, of course, the parent company of the Orlando Magic, and at the time there were the Orlando Solar Bears and IHL hockey team. And uh, that summer, they also launched the Orlando Miracle, which was their upstart uh, WNBA franchise. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. And how would you say playing soccer in college kind of helped create a discipline for those roles that you took early on? Oh, absolutely. You know, playing sports at, at any level will help prepare you for life personally and professionally. Um, college athletics or college soccer really creates discipline out of necessity. And it's almost out of force, right? The rigors of the schedule demands on time. You got to balance training, workouts, recovery, travel, playing, studying classes, uh, fun, you know, it's really, uh, about forming a mindset geared toward maximizing time and opportunity, right? The planning preparedness, mindfulness, you know, always paying attention to where you are, making the most of it. And, and you know, Brett, the odd ability to sleep almost anywhere in any position. Uh, if you travel by bus, you know, that's, that's what you learn in college, so. Right, so working in Orlando, if I'm correct, that summer there was a lockout, you know, where did you spend most of your efforts? That's, that's correct. Uh, Solar Bears ice hockey games was the, were the focus, uh, was the focus of my internship. And that was running the full gamut. So it was fan club, community impact and involvement events. And that was for, for all the teams um, and uh, on-site execution. 
So running the in-game promotions, uh, you know, coordinating with restaurants or sponsors, all of that soup, soup to nuts. RDV Sports is really, and I'm sure they still are, they're a first-class organization. So it was a first-class crash course in how sports organizations work, how to get things done in a matrixed environment, how to lead by example, and really how to keep people first. And that's, that's a winner no matter where you are, but how to keep people first. Right, so you learned a good deal there early on. And then if I'm correct, you pivoted back for your master's in sports management at FSU. What led you to go back and get, you know, I wouldn't say re-educated, but additional education? Yeah, I wanted to set myself apart as a job candidate in sports. And there's, you know, sports are very competitive. Uh, even at, at RDV Sports, I saw how competitive it was. They had a very uh, built out and established internship program. And I think there were like 10 interns in my class. So if that was the case, I realized that additional degree would help me do that. So uh, I went to, you know, Tallahassee for the Florida State, uh, Florida State program. Right. And uh, Florida State over the years has evolved from originally being a circus school to being a, a top. <laughs> That's right. The circus is still there and they take their circus very seriously. If you've ever been to a Florida State baseball game, uh, you'll, you'll, you know about the circus. Uh, they taunt the other team religiously with the big top. So it's, it's a good time. Good yeah. Time. And now, yeah, how was that experience? What was it like? compared to Appalachian yeah, State for that matter. Yeah, uh, totally different. You know, Appalachian was at that time probably around 15,000. Florida State was like 45,000, so massive. Um, but extremely positive in and outside of the classroom. You know, from a course load perspective, the curriculum gave exposure and understanding of business operations. Uh, it also had the ability of being a little bit larger market than where App State is in Boone. So I had internships with Tri-Eagle Sales, which was the Anheuser-Busch distributor at the time, and also yeah. the Florida State Athletics Department. So that gave me a good handle on promotions, execution, event structure. Um, I also had the ability because of that to uh, you know, coach at the summer soccer camps for the FSU women's program and a local academy. So it was a little bit of everything, uh, but I always tried to make the most of those you know, thinking and interdisciplinary approach. And, you know, whether it was from the education that, at that point or whether it was maybe the marketing promotions with, you know, Anheuser, Bush, InBev at the time, you know, what would you say was, you know, one of your biggest takeaways in getting that experience? Yeah, definitely two things from, from the grad school time in Tallahassee. Uh, one, professional means you're paid for it. And that's all professional means. So I, I, I took that to heart. But two... Uh, and this was from grad school, is you have to consider every effort, every project, every interaction, everything you do if you're working for a sports org as an opportunity to benefit the bottom line. And what you don't want to do is create the opposite. So you always have to think, whatever you're doing, this is an opportunity to benefit the bottom line. Got it. So you had an awesome opportunity there in Tallahassee. You're leaving Tallahassee. You got an opportunity to join NASCAR. I would say two things. How did that opportunity come about? And what did that first role look like? Sure, sure. It came about because of networking and internships were a focus, you know, that I turned to on, on trying to get into sports and a contact that I had met while at RDV Sports 
two people had moved from RDV Sports over to NASCAR actually. So I had a natural in and I did not even know they were there until I started going through the process. So they really helped me move you know, to the top, you know, knowing people always helps, right? So uh, that really helped me move. But from an entry level position, it was, it was fantastic. It was in the series marketing department. And at that time it was responsible for at track broadcast media interactions, uh, running a multi-series, multi-million dollar sponsorship program. So it impacted every series they had. They have multiple series, they have national and regional, local. Mm-hmm. And also managing uh, Victory Lane celebrations, oddly enough. So that was actually a fulfillment of the broadcast and the sponsorship program. But if you go back and search video or you see you know, photos from that time, you often see me standing next to Jeff Gordon and other people because that's, that's part of the job. That's what you did. So how, did you, how did you enjoy it? Uh, that was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, it was really valuable. Sea level exposure, you got to travel, uh, you got to go to different markets, and you got to learn how to balance those things. And uh, because NASCAR is a, you know, a top sport here in the U.S., you got to lead, meet a lot of notable celebrities. A lot of people come to races, you know, uh, Jay Leno, showed up a lot of other people um i'll be honest the guys from kiss gene and paul the two two front men from kiss they were the best they were absolutely hysterical they were just happy to be there you know they were like kids in a candy store and all i could say was like but you're your kiss this excites you and they were like man it's great <laughs> so everything's relative right and they came everything is fans, and they came as fans out of costume uh, yes, they were out of costume at that time. They had to introduce themselves. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have known who they were, right? Because you know, you're used to seeing the costume. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you can go back to this point in your career, is there anything you would have done differently? Yes. Yes. I would say um, in the first few years uh, of my career, um, I was too quick to assess opportunities and a pass on them. And one opportunity in particular I passed on because I didn't think timing was right. I had some things personally, I had just taken a new job. I had just bought a condo. And what you have to realize is timing and the opportunity for timing is not always up to you. It's sometimes you just have to be ready to go even when you're not ready to go. And this was something at the market at the time if you're talking about buying a condo. Correct, correct. I, uh, it was a total move, total departure. Uh, but it was going to be for a, uh, a, a global company that's a sports marketing powerhouse. So it was an honor to be uh, considered as a candidate, but I, in hindsight, I probably should have interviewed anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you stay on the racing track from here, right? If anything, you yes. go more on the client side at this point than working for the brand or NASCAR mm-hmm. for the circuit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, working for Richard, Richard Childress Racing, you know, what was the scope of work there? Yeah, the, the, the team side was with what we'd be called, uh, it was, you know, you and I would call it sponsorship, but of course it was, it was repackaged as partnership because it was a better word. But in essence, it was matching up with the companies that paid to be affiliated with the race team on the car, you know, or part of the program that helped make the car go and help make the race teams function. So it's the lifeblood of the sport, sponsorship. If you look at a NASCAR race, even today, you know, they're 
their cars are a cacophony of different logos and colors and things. And that's, that's what makes, makes the racing world go around. So it was all focused on partnership. It was uh, shortly after um, the death of Dale Earnhardt, it was in 2002. And me and my boss were there to help rebuild the partnership side of the department. And uh, it was a great opportunity. And who were you working? And who were you working for there at the time? At the time, uh, Ben Schlosser, and he recently retired about a year ago. And he he actually stayed at uh, RCR for I want to say seventeen years. Oh wow, seventeen years—that's a long time. And what was your biggest takeaway working with him or working with the Richard Childress brand? Uh, you know, a couple things is working for Richard himself, RC, as you call him. You know, there's uh, he knows everything about the business. You know, all facets. And uh, he can help troubleshoot or he can call your bluff. And uh, so you, you understand how to operate, you know, from that passport aspect. But his greatest asset, in my opinion, was his ability to connect with and motivate people, you know, whether it was executives or guests or engine builders down in the engine room. Um, he was exceptional at it. And uh, that was uh, a big, a big takeaway from working with uh, Richard. And what would you say is a good success story or maybe a brand relationship that, you know, came out of this time of your work? Yeah, uh, many brand relationships. One, one that I love, uh, the folks at Jack Daniels, uh, Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey. They're just a wonderful organization owned by Brown Foreman, fantastic people. And I am still connected to and friendly with many of them today. And I left racing in, in 2005. Uh, success stories, there's plenty, but I, I will tell you one, and this is very indicative of Richard uh, and the organization that he's built. It was uh, my first time at the racetrack on behalf of RCR. It was in May at Charlotte. And we, run the, we won the secondary race. It used to be called the Bush Series. I don't know what it's called now. Um, and everyone's all smiles and celebrating in victory lane, right? You know, and, Richard walks over to me and, and my boss and just leans in smiling and goes, okay, now let's go sign that new sponsor. And that was it, right? I, I fully understood the scope of what he was thinking. Even when you just won, you're still standing in victory lane with beer being sprayed at you. He was always looking to improve. And I've never forgotten that. And I apply that same philosophy every day. The best sales leaders, right? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, right. right? Absolutely. There was, no, there was no lack of team performance there as much as we have to sell around the experience, right? And, and right. there, no matter what, you know, when they're and, winning, they expect deals to close. There's no excuse. Right. And what a better way to sell. I mean, you just won. Let's go close that new deal that's going to help take the team to the next level. And that's exactly what we did. So then you, from there, you go on to, to work on the agency side, both in and out of sports. Mm -hmm. working to get you know a different aspect of the sports business but also in some cases some more traditional marketing experience you know how have you evolved in doing that yeah absolutely you know sports uh the view is is more singular outward right you're you're focused on on your property and how that works for your your partners the traditional marketing side marketing side is a 360 degree view both operationally and how projects come about, but from a marketing perspective. So 
in this case, instead of being the entire marketing mix, you're just a component of a company's marketing mix. Mm -hmm. So it really puts it into perspective. That's great. Um, how, and talk about different perspectives, right? You know, how mm -hmm. have you been able to think from different pr perspectives, like diversifying your experience that way? I've always been a big believer in a interdisciplinary approach, right? Um, always looking at it from, from different viewpoints, always trying to understand what's important from the different players, the different stakeholders, and, and what the opportunities are uh, from looking at a property at different ways, right? There's, there's many opportunities, you just have to find them. So using this approach or mindset can, can speed the development process or even change it, or often it can, it can negate potential variables before it leaves your desktop. And sometimes the, what stays on the cutting room floor, so to speak, you know, should be on the cutting room floor and it doesn't always, it seems like a good idea, but it, it may, maybe doesn't translate. So you really have to uh, look at it from multiple points of view in order to, to find the best opportunity for your client or your partner to help move it forward. And who would you say during you know, that 15 years of agency experience, who would you say impacted your career the most? Um, a, a couple of the folks that I worked with uh, and for dating way back for, and then with uh, most recently, and it would, it would be as, a, as it relates on how they approached their business and also how they approached people and how integral that approach is. You can't put one over the other. You have to keep both in mind, even though uh, the project may be more important at one time and the people are always important, but you have to get something done. So you focus on, on something in particular, but it was their approach to work, their approach to problem solving and solutions, but also their approach for people. And before we jump to some of the more current, you know, top of scope, you know, what would you say was the activation you were most proud of in the agency world? Oh, wow. Um, most proud of uh, for the agency world dates back to a sampling activation execution um, at a racetrack for a global coffee brand. I won't say who, but you can probably find them on your street corner within walking distance. Uh, and they were launching a new product. There was an instant product and we distributed something like 30,000 samples in a matter of 48 hours at different times of day that matched up with the coffee flavors and that type of thing. And it was, it was just uh, a neat tactical event uh, the brand also carried some specific weight to it to where people enjoyed it and were excited by it. So it, it had some fun and uh, a little playfulness to it. Uh, but it was a neat, a neat activation by what we had to accomplish and the, you know, the geography, the footprint, uh, all of it. So this was more than one specific market? It was uh, one, this one I'm talking about is one market in particular, but yes, it was multiple markets, but just the one that, that stood out in my mind uh, was out in Phoenix. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So mm -hmm. more recently, 
um, you know, you open, you create the block creative agency where you have the opportunity to drive, you know, build your own business. You know, where did you kind of change to that entrepreneurial mindset and decide maybe in early 2020 that you wanted to do your own thing? You know, I, I've always wanted to start my own company and that dates back to before grad school. Um, but I've, I was always doubting myself of whether I had the experience or the expertise for it. So I, I wanted to make sure I, I had experience to make it realistic. Um, but the pandemic impacted many people, including myself. And with that uh, comes opportunity. And there's no better time to start than right now. And that's in anything, right? So I had put all of my ideas together and I launched Block within a matter of weeks. And what's your main focus in driving results through Block for your new or current clients? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Appreciate the plug, Brett. Uh, but our, our client service promise really says it all. And that's, that's to do what needs to be done strategically, creatively, transparently, and responsibly. And we do it every day. And, you know, we offer strategic creative media, digital products, PR services, but we do it every day. And that actually pays homage to the fine folks at Jack Daniels, who I don't know if you know, one of their monikers that uh, hangs down in Lynchburg, Tennessee on the wall is every day we'll make it, we'll make it the best we can. Well, that always stuck with me. So it's, it's our promise to our clients and it's what we do every day. Yeah, and what, what industries are you working with that stick out more than, you know, more than others? Yeah, we, we serve B2B and B2C and, and D2C markets. Um, and, but I, to be honest, and you're going to find this odd, maybe I really enjoy working with manufacturing, you know, uh, the companies that you may not know because they make parts and pieces, things that go into other machines or devices, right? Um, I'm drawn to the engineering. I'm drawn to the, the design build process. I just, I find it fascinating and interesting. So I, I love engineering, but we, we deal with, uh, manufacturing. We have, uh, IT and software uh, and uh, development services and uh, a couple of different forms of manufacturing actually. So it's fun. Is there a fun or good story going back to the day like Legos or Connects or something that kind of <laughs> started that for you? Yeah, you, you know, uh, summer camp in the mountains and the old Estes rockets that used to launch and explode. I love those. So uh, I don't know if that's engineering or just, uh, you know, uh, not being so smart with explosives at a young age, but good times. Yeah, you remind me when ever, all the kids were going buying like remote control cars at the RC Hobby store, I was buying rocket ships to launch in my cul-de-sac. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah, it. Nowadays, I don't know how safe the parents think that is, but who knows? Everything changes. That's right. It does. Right? It does. So yeah. that's exciting with the agency. And then even more recently than that, later in 2020, um, how do you pronounce it? Europe's? U-Reps. U-Reps. U-Reps, yes. So you create U-Reps to help student athletes, you know, leverage the NIL rights, which is becoming more expansive right now, you mm -hmm. know, benefit all parties involved. You know, where mm -hmm. did that idea come to fruition? You know, uh, it, it actually um, came out of uh, the founding of Block Creative, oddly enough. Um, Block Creative, one of, one of the pillars is, is digital products, right? And 
we want to create a lot of uh, different products that help people or do things. Well, the idea for UREPS came about, and uh, that's obviously much bigger. So it became its own its own entity, its own company, um, than just a, a small digital product. But indeed, it is a digital product, and and the idea is to empower people, right? The imp the impetus for it was really around NIL legislation uh, and what to do. So that the idea to empower people and, and the opportunity for NIL matched up nicely. So that's where it started and that's where it is going. And it's gonna serve student athletes. It's gonna serve creators and, and, and internet influencers and that type of thing. It's also gonna serve, serve sports and club organizations, you know. And from a regional standpoint, where where do you uh, plan to accomplish this territory-wide? Uh, territory uh, will be U.S. and Canada for the get-go, and we'll see how it branches out from there after adoption and scale. And how is it going so far? It, it is going well, thank you. Um, I'm very excited. We launched, uh, or we yeah, we launched the the initial website just a few weeks ago. Sent out the national press release. Uh, of course, that's how we we got connected. But, um, you know, it had a lot of pickup, a lot of interest, a lot of great conversations. And there's a lot of folks that are interested in what it will do for them. And that's exactly uh, what we want to do. We want to help people do for themselves. You know, talking about people and them, who is an ideal candidate to join this platform? Yeah, uh, you know, I mentioned internet influencers and that covers a broad, a broad, uh, you know, broad umbrella for there. And then student athletes, of course, and club and sports, but, you know, UREPS is for the 99% of the talent pool. The 1% will already have an agent, already a household name. They're already doing those things. They already have a team in place. This is for the 99% of the, uh, the talent pool that has a following or an audience or even a membership, and they want to market and monetize that audience and that membership, and they want to do something with it, then you reps is for you. So if you have a following or an audience and you want to have an e-commerce platform to conduct business through and on, then let's talk. That's great. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience about uh, either Block Creative or your reps? You know, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. I have Block Creative is um, a uh, creative shop that's focused on delivering value uh, in marketing communications. And we want to have contextual products and, and programs that have measurable results. And UREPS is, like I said, for anyone or any entity with a following or an audience that wants to enhance, manage, market, and monetize that audience. It's, it's really that easy and it's really that straightforward. And you can check it out at ureps.com, of course, pre-register. That's great. Well, thank you very much for contributing. Great having you on the program and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks again, Brett. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.